Miracy. I'm Virginia Muskies, and you're listening to Making It. I run a business called Master Connectors Incorporated, and we help six-figure solo entrepreneurs build businesses that make a difference. For me, making it is being able to have a vision, a very clear vision of what you want to create in your life, what you want to feel, what you want to experience, what you want to achieve, what you want to contribute, having a very clear picture of why you're here and what your human experience is going to look like, and then creating a business that fuels that and funds that and leaves you with the money that you need to do what matters most and the freedom to actually enjoy it while you're at it. The biggest lesson I have learned on the way to making it is to run a business like a business, not like a hobby, and to chase results, not fame. When I was a Mary Kay sales director, I spent a lot of time chasing the opportunity to wear the special director suit, the opportunity to drive the special director car, the opportunity to wear bumblebees and win diamond rings. And I was willing to do that at any price. And that price was buying product that I had not sold already or that I had no intention of selling, stocking it on my shelves and running up credit cards. And by the time I had run up $22,000 in credit cards, I had really screwed our credit score and it really put a lot of stress, financial stress on our family and on my relationship with my husband at the time. And so that was a really huge mistake. And I've made it other times um, and I've, I've caught myself in the middle of it. One of the reasons I started podcasting was because I wanted to be an icon of influence and I wanted people to know my name. And I, again, bright, shiny object, be seen, be heard. And it wasn't until I was about into it for about a year, year and a half that a friend of mine said, how are you monetizing your podcast? And I said, monetize a podcast. Like who does that? Right. And then the conversation about what was the purpose of the podcast and how did the podcast align with my business plan? How did that align with my purpose and my calling? And I started to realize that I was going to have to shift my intentionality, not necessarily give up podcasting because I love it. And I'm actually the host of three shows and I've got another one in the works. I love podcasting. I love creating relationship for that. But every podcast now has a purpose and it is part of my business plan. And my business plan is aligned with my life's vision. If you are doing what you're doing to chase a dollar or chase fame or to chase anything other than your vision, your purpose, and the call on your life, then you are destined for pain. When you know what you're going to do, you know why you're here, you understand your call, you've got a vision for your life, and you align your business with that, then everything falls into place. Everything makes sense, and suffering is held at a minimum. I'm going to say the best advice I've ever been given, always ask someone who can give you a yes. And I think that was really great advice because if you are asking people to do for you, support you, promote you, give you something that they're not willing to say yes to or they don't have to give you and you keep expecting them 
to deliver on what you need, then you're always going to be disappointed. Because I there's an expression in Spanish that says you can't get a pear from an elm tree. And I think we spend a lot of time with people in our network thinking, oh man, they'd be great. They've got lots of things they could refer me. They're in a network that they could refer me to, or they've got something they could lend me, a resource that they could lend me, and I want that. So I'm just going to keep asking them and pouring into them and giving because we've all heard, right? If you just give enough other people what they want, you'll have everything that you want. We hear givers gain. We hear it's better to give than receive. Well, at some point, there is a a balance between giving and receiving. And so I think the best advice is to keep that balance and ask people for things that they can say yes to. Give people the opportunity to say yes to you and stop expecting them to give you things that they can't. We spend a lot of time with people we like, but those people may or may not be contributing productive members of our network. So it's important to know, is the person that I'm spending my networking time with someone that is giving me a return on that relationship time, the time that I'm investing? Or is this person better off just being my friend? And I can certainly have parties and invite them to dinner and still socialize and have them in my support network, but I shouldn't be spending my quality business time expecting them to provide me with revenue when that's not what they're doing. So I would agree that we all have to pay our bills, but quite often we accept clients that we don't really want because they'll pay us. We do jobs that we don't really love to do because they pay us. And I believe that what's very, very true for entrepreneurs is that they're missing a couple of steps in their journey. I had an attorney client one time that said to me, listen, I'm going to hire you and work with you because before becoming an entrepreneur, I worked at a law firm and the partners would put the stuff on my desk and I would have to get there at six o'clock in the morning and I would work straight through lunch. And sometimes I would work straight through dinner and I wasn't seeing my family and my whole life was a disaster. So I quit the firm and I said, I'm just going to go out and be an entrepreneur. I'm going to open my own business. And I said, that's awesome. So what's changed? And he said, well, not much. I still go to work early in the morning. I still work through lunch. I still eat dinner at my desk. The only difference is now I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Most people don't realize that being in business is more than just doing what they do. And they're looking for the quick fix to get the clients in the door But there's so much more underneath that because once the client comes in the door, again, do you have a product, a package, and a price that is appealing? Do you have a customer onboarding journey? Have you developed a customer experience? Like, There's so much that goes into creating a business that is below the surface and most entrepreneurs never see it and that's why they don't make it. When you go to a networking event, you don't make a list to go shopping. So no one is there to buy your stuff and no one actually wants to talk about your stuff. They want to talk about their stuff. So the key to positive networking and to getting over that feeling like I don't want to go out into the middle here and start asking other people to dance because I'm going to get rejected is to get out of yourself, to get out of the thought process that I am here to sell my stuff. Really what you're there to do is connect with other people at a human level 
so that you can discover how you can help and support each other. And as a result, grow yourselves, grow your business and grow your impact. The very first year that I started out with this tutoring company was a disaster. We had no clue what we were doing. We did about $100,000 worth of revenue and uh, spent a lot more than that. And it, it wasn't great. And it wasn't really until I started to understand these three concepts that really made a difference. Number one was this notion of I didn't need to market to all the students. I needed to market to the students who are going to be most profitable for the company, which turned out to be third, fourth, and fifth graders because they have to go somewhere after school and that means they complete their contract. So that was what I started to ask for. And I started to say, listen, we're really good at these younger ages. Look at our statistics. And I made us a trusted advisor. The second thing I did was I realized that it wasn't just the school district that was choosing to let us in the door. It was the parents that were choosing to let us tutor their children. So I started to serve the parents in ways that other providers did not. And that's how we ran the business, by me becoming a trusted advisor, someone that the parents could turn to to ask questions about their child's education and about accessing what they needed in order to get their kids on track. And that was the second step. And then the third step was developing these referral consortiums where I was connecting different providers of different services. So one of the best examples that really taught me a lot about sharing resources is there was a church and the church had a copy machine, but the copy machine, um, they couldn't use it because they had no toner. I found another community center that had toner, but their copy machine had long ago died and they didn't have money to get a new copy machine. And so what I was able to do was take the toner exchange it with a connection that I had for the toner that would work in the church's copier and the community center and the church started making copies at the church. And it saved them on average a combined $1,000 a month. And they were able to redirect those funds towards their mission. And so I began to create those kinds of alliances among the folks that were serving in those areas. And that made me an influencer to them. And they would say, well, how can I help you? And I said, I just want introductions to the parents of third through fifth graders in this school district. And that is when my program started to grow. And because I grew those alliances by helping connect resources to one another and helping other organizations expand their mission, we were able to turn over in our fifth year $2.5 million in annual revenue. We helped over 2,500 students and served in 55 schools. If I could go back and talk to my younger self as I began the entrepreneurial journey, I would tell myself no shortcuts. No shortcuts. When I became a Mary Kay sales director, it was back in 2000, and they changed the normal requirements for becoming a sales director and they made it easier. And in making it easier, they launched thousands and thousands of sales directors, but we didn't have longevity because we didn't build our business owner muscle. And I think if I could go back, I would just remind myself and I would tell my younger self, don't take the shortcuts. 
if there's a process and the process is hard, do the hard thing because the hard thing will grow you. The hard thing will develop your skills. The hard thing will make you resilient. And when you take the shortcuts and you fail, you just don't have the strength and the resilience that you need to get up and keep going. I mean, the Get Rich Quick scheme has been with us since time eternal, right? There are movies about it. I actually think that a big challenge is the way things are presented. And it's, we have people selling Get Rich Quick. We have people promoting Get Rich Quick. We have people saying, I got rich quick, which is not the truth. It's not the truth. The only way to get rich quick is to win the lottery. And for most people, even that doesn't last. So it's because we look at the trappings of success and we want them, but they won't necessarily even make you happy unless those trappings are aligned with your vision, your passion, your purpose, and the call on your life. I'm Virginia Muskies, and you've been listening to Making It. You can find me at www.masterconnectors.com. Making It is a Mira CFM original production. This episode of Making It was assembled by Jeff Govertson. Cynthia Lamb produced the episode. Danny Bermont is our associate producer, and Danny Eney, that's me, is our executive producer. If you liked this episode, you might want to check out Just Between Coaches, the podcast that explores the really tough issues that coaches face every day. So you don't miss the great episodes that are coming up on Making It. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.